everyone. Hope you're doing well. Anybody tired? Maybe feeling like confused, like how long, like when, how this situation will continue. Maybe there's people who are feeling like a little down, perhaps even depressed, or maybe even on a blink of burning out. Well, we know we need to be seeking God and trying to hear his voice, but it's just, it's not happening these days. And maybe you feel like I, I can't hear God and well, today we're going to unpack a story from the Bible. It's a story of Elijah in this Peaks and Valley series. He's running for his life and he's drained. I mean, he's depressed. He's burning out. And today we're going to open to 1 Kings chapter 19. And we want to pay attention to the different movements that takes pla- take place in the chapter. You know, the first king, well, the, this book of kings, it's, it's really about uh, these, these kings of, of Israel. Where I remember the story of David, how he united the whole nation together. It was an amazing kingdom where God was at the center. But people after that, especially after Solomon, it split up north and south. And these kings were just doing whatever they wanted. And today we're going to look at the time where Ahaz was the king. And he was the very evil king and even more evil wife he had. And it was just this crazy story where Elijah had to step up, to rise up, to fight. Now, uh, that's the, and then we, again, we want to pay attention to the different movement, but this really is a story of God reviving a struggling soul and to give him life again. And I believe there's a message for you today, right now. So let's dive in. Uh, so chapter 19, 1 Kings. But even before that, the movement actually starts before. So let's say this is movement zero. And this movement is the triumph. You know, there's this huge victory that Elijah experiences. He, among uh, different prophets that was, you know, for the God. But it was Elijah who stood up because others were scared. Because King Ahaz and Jezebel, they're... Uh, uh, they were destroying, uh, you know, the, the faith of Israel. I mean, they were worshiping Baal, and it was just this crazy uh, battle between Baal worship and then the true God worship. And Elijah stands up, I mean, he stood up, and then he experienced this huge victory. He says God was on his side. It was this full-on battle, and then he was victorious. I mean, there was this amazing victory that he experienced. Imagine the successful stories of your life in life, maybe in ministry, spiritually, you experienced a huge victory. Maybe at work, you have this huge success, or maybe at school, you, you, you accomplish so much, or even in ministry, you, you feel like God is on your side. I mean, that's exactly what Elijah felt. He was feeling good. There's this triumph, there's this victory. And that's the first movement or this movement zero before chapter 19. But when chapter 19 starts, the movement starts and it begins with a threat. And I want to read chapter 19, verse 1. It says, now Ahaz told Jezebel everything. You see this Jezebel is this, she has a lot of power here. Now, so uh, everything Elijah had done and now how he had killed all the prophets with the So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, Hey, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like the ones, like the one of them, like that of one of them, meaning the ones that who Elijah destroyed. 
So this is a clear threat against Elijah. And verse 3, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. I mean, he, he thought everything was going so well until he hears this threat by Jezebel, this evil, this mean voice of this woman. And uh, in some, maybe you feel the same thing in your life. Maybe there's not this evil voice of a woman in your life. Maybe there is. But, you know, this, this, this queen, Jezebel, it was such a threat because it was a moment where he felt like there's, this is too big for me to handle. Maybe that's how you feel these days where this coronavirus, this thing, and it's a threat and it's, you can't see. You don't know when it's coming into an end. You see the country just like split up and it's, people are all over and, uh, and we're confused. And it feel like this is a threat that is just way too much for us to handle. And that threat produced fear in the heart of Elijah. As you saw, this, this, this Jezebel's voice triggered this fear, this threat, something that he can't really handle. And there goes this downward spiral. He's like, I can't win. Let's look at verse 4. It says, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. And you're like, wow, of all the people. I mean, this is Elijah we're talking about. He, is a, he was a legend. I mean, he's, he's this amazing prophet of God who stood up. When other prophets were scared, he stood up. But it was him who felt this threat, and he was so fearful. This teaches us that no matter how strong of a faith we think we have, this could happen to any of us. And this fear that's what it does to us. We feel like we can't win. We can't do any good. And we start comparing with other people and feel like we're not better than them. We're not like them. I mean, this is the trap right here because you know how he's talking about his ancestors. He's talking about Moses and Abraham and these, these people who he felt like, oh, they're so much better. But as we saw in this Peaks and Valley series that they're not perfect either. But to him, to, to Elijah, when he's in this funky place, he's like, no, they're so much better. I can't do any good. You know, this, that could happen to any one of us. Maybe you're feeling like that today. Maybe you know exactly how Elijah felt that day. With or without coronavirus and this threat, maybe it is, there's a season in our lives, as he says, we feel like we can't do any good. There's nothing I could do. And you say to God, I have had enough. I give up because I'm not better than the other Christians out there. I'm not better like them. The same thing that Elijah felt that day. But let's look at where did God lead Elijah to from that funky place. He led Elijah to a cave. Out of all the places, to a cave. It's not this like beautiful plains or beautiful walk in the sand and the beach. No, it's this cave. And that's exactly where Elijah heard God's voice. And the real good news in this whole journey, because he was wandering 40 days, 40 nights in the wilderness, and then he ended up in the cave. But each day, God provided with the food and place to sleep, even though Elijah didn't feel like God was providing, because, you know, he was so depressed. He was so locked on to the fear. But God was there with him. And that's a good thing for us to remember. No matter where we go through or what we go through, God was always by his side, 
whether he, he saw it or he realized it or not. But now it moves, leads us into this movement number two. So there's a threat that produced fear. Now the movement is reassurance of God and it's taking place at the cave. I want to read verse 9. It says, There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. Notice he was very honest. And you should be too. There's nothing to hide before God. You could just spill out whatever that is in your heart and exactly what he did. And what he said was, I've done my best, God, but yet I'm still scared. They're trying to kill me. Help me. And that's what he was going through, the dark night of the soul. And in that valley season, this dark night of the soul, he realized that God was actually holding on to him because there he hears God's voice. And this reassurance takes place that night. Are you ready for this? Let's look at verse 11. It says, The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. And there Elijah sees something that is something that he will never forget. There's this big wind, this great wind that is like torn, tearing down the mountains and breaking the, the, I mean, it's this amazing movement. And then it says the Lord was not in the wind. And then the earthquake takes place, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And the fire takes place, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, this is end of verse 12, it says came a gentle whisper. And then when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and then went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. I wonder what God said to him. I mean, only Elijah knows. But I assume it was very personal. It was reassuring. And it caused him to rise up again. You know, the reassurance from God at the dark night of the soul it produced a revival. Doesn't that sound, isn't that a nice word to hear? A revival. There was his spirit revived. The calling of his life revived. I mean, there was this, this resurgence of assurance and the revival took place. But notice it was because of the struggles that he went through from the threat and the fear. And that's because of this, he heard this gentle whisper of God. Otherwise, he may have never heard this. Maybe he would have been seeking God in different places, but not in the whisper of God. And this was where he listened. This is key. When we feel like we're in this funky season where we feel like we're, see, we're, we're not feeling God, we feel like we're running away, that's when he speaks. And that's a real important key that we learn from this passage here. We hope God to speak in the wind, in the great earthquake, in the fire, meaning that we want God to speak in a bold, apparent way. We're like, I need you to speak right now in a way that I can see God. But you know, at times God speaks, and he does this often, in this gentle whisper to reassure you 
that he is here with you. And then it is also to revive the soul that is discouraged. Do you need reassurance today? Where you feel like this, this, this season, you see no end. There's so much uncertainty. Some of us have lost a loved one, maybe uh, lost a job, lost hope. I mean, you just feel like this country is divided up and you feel like there's no end. Do you need reassurance from God right now? Do you need a revival in your soul right now? Well, listen to the gentle whisper of God. And when you're too busy, when you're doing other things, when you're preoccupied with other things of this world, then you may miss what God has to say. So let me ask you this. What do you need to tune out or turn down the volumes of different things that was occupying your heart, the things that you need to turn down so that you could hear God's whisper where you have this undivided attention? Maybe this is a season that is the perfect opportunity for you to hear God speak because you're not out there much. You can't really meet with many people right now. This is the prime opportunity for you to sit down or to, to, to be in his presence and listen to him very, very intentionally because he is speaking. Now, God reassured Elijah as we just saw it. And it revived his faith, right? It was much needed because the journey after that, it wasn't going to get any easier. There's going to be more battles. But in the midst of all that, God asked Elijah to anoint his successor. Isn't that interesting? In the midst of all this, this teaches us something. Let's look at verse 19. So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him, which was the symbol of succession. I'm going to give this mantle to you. Now this leads to the third movement, the last movement. So there's this threat and there's this encouragement. Now it is the overflow. Because God's mission must continue. Not, it can't end with Elijah. It's going to move into the life of Elisha. I mean, maybe for you, we're called, for all of us, we're called to overflow because God's plan and his vision, his mission, it can't stop with us. It must overflow to the next generation and whoever those who are, have an influence over. And we look here, and we find exactly that. You know, when I was working in Japan, after I graduated from college here, I grew up here and then went back to Japan after college. I was working in a company and it was a struggling season because, you know, I thought I was Japanese. I looked Japanese, but I wasn't. I'm this American westernized person and I, it, I didn't fit well. It was surprising to me. I thought I was going to do better. And it was a true struggle. I, I, and then also I didn't really have much of a purpose in life. So it just added to the struggle. But it was in that company where I met Mr. Kurata. And he, he is a mentor. And then, you know, he wasn't a guy who he had much answers. I mean, he was like clearly on his way out. He was a lot older than me. And he, he kind of smelled funny. And, you know, when we go out to, to do work, I mean, he would be like sleeping in the car. And like there wasn't much that I learned from him as far as work goes. But he was always there to encourage me. And he was always there 
to reassure me. And he was like always on my side. And that made a huge difference in my life. And that impacted my work. And I, I found joy in it. And in the midst of my time in Japan, I found my purpose in life. It was to become a pastor. And you know, it's been 10 plus years removed from that time. But I went back to Japan last year and he reached out to me and says, I want to see you. And he, I met with them. This is a picture. I only took one picture, so it's not the best picture because like we're eating. <laughs> Anyways, that's Mr. Kurata right next to me. And on the other side, that's another man who just really poured into me when I was in Japan and working. It's just as a reminder how important for us to pour into somebody and just to encourage. Maybe it's not something that we do, but it was, it was, it was our presence and it was always the, the words of encouragement. And I realized in my journey of faith, so many people in my life overflowed into my life. Isn't that same with you? You know, the people that really cared for you and poured into you. For me, when I was a struggling youth, I didn't know what my faith was. I was really rebellious, but there was a, there was a, a youth leader. Her name was Keiko, who just poured into me. She just took me to different places and just spent time with me, listened to me. And then Pastor Shin of this church, and then when I went to Rochester during my seminary days, Ms. Pastor Kim was there. And when I started my first pastoral job, it was Pastor Jim and Superintendent Gary who just believed in this generation and poured into me. Jason Garcia who's poured into me. Bishop Matt Thomas. And then my wife's husband, no, no, wife's father. I'm her husband, but her father, Pastor Anjiki. Just all these people just poured in to me and spend time with me. But you know, the influence wasn't really about what they've done, but it was how they depended on God, how they trusted God. Because at the end of the day, these are the people that listen to the whisper of God, the gentle whisper, and they put their trust in God. No matter how the circumstance was giving them trouble, their faith was there because they listened to God. And that's how I want to be for my children and the next generation. Maybe there's people that don't have kids, but they have, you have people that you have influence over. Your faith has an influence over them. And let us be mindful of that for us to be overflowing. Maybe not the exact things that we do, but how we listen to God and the stance and the attitude, how we listen to God, especially in a difficult situation. It matters because it will become an example of faith. So, you know, let us be mindful, as we always say, to overflow into the lives of others. And don't wait until this whole struggle, this struggling season is over. Do it now, especially in the struggles that you're in, to, to tell them and to encourage them by you listening to the whisper of God that is speaking to you right now. Now, as we close this time, we want to go into the time of communion. And if you, at this moment, I want you to bring out your elements, whether it's your uh, bread or whatever that is the equivalent of it, you know, just take it out right now and have it ready for you. And then we want to talk about this last movement. The movement is the cross of Jesus. We, it leads us to that. You know how God's vision and Eli, it, it, to Elijah, it was carried on to Elisha. 
But you know, the people still committed sin. They still worshiped other gods and Baal worship. And however, in the midst of all that chaos, Jesus Christ was born to take on the sins of humanity, all these sins. And then he died on the cross. And that's where we are led to at at the end. This is where we hear Jesus' voice, the gentle whisper of God. Do you hear him? We got to draw closer to him, to hear his voice. Obviously, he's on the cross. He's suffocating. The voice is low and is very small. But you got to listen in what he said. He said, it is finished. What does he mean by that? It is finished. Well, it means that the sin The problem of sin is finished because I'm going to die on the cross and now you have peace with God Almighty, with you and your relationship is one. It is finished. Now it is done. If you can't hear his voice, you got to draw closer to the cross. You got to draw closer to Jesus and you will hear him say, it's finished. Isn't that such a reassurance that we could ever find? through that gentle whisper of God. Now, I want to pray. And as we pray, I want you to really try to listen to God and draw closer to Him. And then we're going to have our communion together. So let us pray. God, we thank you for meeting us in the dark night of our soul, in that cave where we need a reminder. We thank you for meeting us there. When especially when fear is crippling us, when fear is occupying our hearts, when other worries are occupying our hearts, thank you for meeting us there and to give you, give us your gentle whisper that reminds us that you are with us, to reassure us, and that voice revives our soul. We thank you for that, God. And today, if anybody needs that reassurance and that revival, give them that right now. May they have the heart to listen. May they open their eyes, their soul, their ears, their heart to listen to the gentle whisper that you're saying to them. Meet them there and thank you, Jesus, for the cross. Dying on the cross for our sins, saying to us, in your voice, it is finished. May we draw closer to you always as we listen to you. And then when we receive your reassurance and when our soul is revived, Lord, help us to overflow into the lives of others, into the next generation and those who we have influence over. May their influence be our faith in you. We thank you in Jesus' name. And the Lord, on the night He was betrayed. He took bread. And as you listen to these words, imagine Jesus breaking that bread and giving it to you. He says, when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup. And this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. So I want you to get your bread or whatever that you have. And then the cup, whatever it is, let us have this. This, is, this represents the body of Christ that was broken for you to give you life, wholeness with God. Let us thank him and receive this. This cup represents the blood of Jesus that was shed to give you forgiveness of sin so that you could be united with God. Let us take this in remembrance of him.
it's so nice that even though we're far apart physically, this act of communion united us all together, wherever you may be, from different living rooms to this place right here, in the presence of God. So as always, at the end of our service, we have this weekly challenge, and I want you to see this. It is... Um, uh, it should be on the description as well. And I want to read, I want you to read 1 King 19 again. And then ask yourself, where have you identified with Elijah in that story? Does that, does that cross over to your current situation right now that you're in? And then uh, the second, the grow. God reassured Elijah through a gentle whisper. What noise do you have to turn down in order to hear God's voice clearly? Be intentional to listen to God every day this week. Spend time each day and you could do it. I know you can. So let's be, let us be challenged and listen to God. Maybe you can't hear Him on the first day, but as you continue, you will hear the gentle whisper of God that is speaking to you, that will reassure you and it will revive your soul. Now the overflow, identify who you are in position to influence with your faith in the Lord. Encourage them, send them a note, do something to those people or a person this week. Let us be intentional about that because you do have an influence over them. May your faith be what influenced them, all right? So those are the weekly challenge. So at the end, I'm gonna pray a prayer of blessing as you go out or as you go this week, okay? So let us pray. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And may this blessing be upon you and thousand generations more. And to the lives of those who we overflow into, may that blessing continue to spread. Amen. Amen. So God bless you all. Be sure to join us in the Zoom fellowship and the description will follow. So please, I hope to see you there, okay? And then lastly, next week, it's Mother's Day. So happy early Mother's Day to all. But the, our service will start at 10.30 a.m. on different platforms online, okay? So I'll see you next week. Have a blessed week, all right? Take care.